Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Wolf Packer Show. My name's Ethan McDowell, and I am here with Noah Fleischman, as I am every week. And we're back. It's time for another basketball update. We're going to tackle the latest news around the men's and women's basketball programs. Talk about the latest storylines around both teams and, um, you know, cover what is in a very exciting time for the women's team as they compete for a number one seed in NCAA tournament. And we're going to, you know, dive into the men's team and what maybe we're seeing a bit of a turnaround here, maybe a, some positive momentum building. We're, we're going to break that all down. But but before we do, just a quick housekeeping note. Um, we're both reporters for the Wolfpacker.com. That's NC State's site on the On3 network. Um, the fastest growing college sports website out there. If you want recruiting news, um, the you know, in my opinion, the best rankings out there for basketball and football prospects and, um, you know, premium recruiting analysis, team news. It's, it's all on there on the wolfpacker.com and it's only $1 right now to join for um, your first month of premium access to our message board and all of those, um, you know, awesome stories that Noah and I are getting up on the site regularly. So go check it out, the wolfpacker.com. It, um, it's never going to be cheaper to join than it is right now. So go check it out at the wolfpacker.com. All right, Noah, let's get into it. Basketball talk. It was another busy week. Um, it's going to be busy for the next month here. But um, NC State, back-to-back wins at home. They are doing exactly what um, a men's team, I should say. The men's team has won back-to-back home games. They're doing what they needed to do when, when we last spoke. Um, so first, to start off with the 74-68 win over Miami. And then they follow that up with an 82-76 win over Georgia Tech. Um, both games... Um, you know, close matchups, but the pack, I'd say, was the, clearly the better team. And in, in both games, um, they, they were, you know, extremely deserving to go out there and defend home court there because I thought they played well. It was um, two of the better ACC performances I think we've seen this year. Um, Noah, you were at both of those contests. Um, give us the breakdown. Um, what did you like? What did you not like about the pack's little two game winning streak we got here? Yeah, it's exactly what they need to do. Coming back to Raleigh, having a three-game homestand, you know, these three games are really, really important um, on their ability to, to start to, you know, generate some buzz around the program, generate some NCAA talk. Um, you know, they're 2-0 so far in this stretch. And, yeah, they beat Miami, which I think we talked about a little bit last week, but they held a really good three-point shooting team to 25% from beyond the arc, made them take a lot of threes to make six or seven, I think. So it was good to see. And then, you know, they come and they had Georgia Tech, who – is coming off a win over Carolina, hot team, team that has wins. Their three ACC wins are Carolina, Clemson, and Duke. Not about three teams to have on your, uh, your no list. Kidding. Um, but they've also lost to some not so great games. So, NC State took care of business too. They went on a, you know, they're only up one at the half or trailed by one at the half, um, but had a, a 24 to four run in the second half to break the game open, held on the win 82 76. So, I mean, Kevin Keats was pretty pleased. Um, defense showed up in both games, which is what they need. Um, 
Offense also showed up. DJ Horn with backs back 20 point efforts. Jaden Taylor, or more than 20 because he had 24 and 26 en route to a co ACC player of the week. Uh, shared it with Harrison Ingram of North Carolina. Jaden Taylor scored 21 in the Georgia Tech game, which made it the first game this season that NC State had two guys with 20 points or more in the same game. Mm, okay. So, they talk about the depth of this team and, and you know, really bound scoring. Normally, as one guy gets hot, the rest are around 12 to 13 to 15 points. I had two guys with, the, with 20 points. So I think that worked out well um, for, for Wake Forest, but or for Georgia Tech, excuse me. So overall, a good start to the homestand. They have a, a chance to, to close it tonight against Pitt. I, the Georgia Tech game specifically, I thought was impressive because um, the shots weren't falling, right? Like they went nine of 31 from three shot 37.7% overall, and you still put up 82 points? Shoot, that's great. Um, and, you know, the free throw line was huge for them. Um, you know, they hit 21 free throws and, um, and grabbed 13 offensive rebounds too. Like it was it was a good night of doing the little things. Um, I thought, um, you know, of course, you had the uh, Sports Center top 10 play. Um, by Jaden Taylor to corral the ball, headed out of bounds, whip it out to Michael O'Connell beyond the three-point line and drain that triple, which, um, you know, that was cool to see him. And he a viral moment as well. But um, I thought it was a good game. And, and yeah, Georgia Tech, they're 10 and 12, but they were coming off of that huge win. And, it's, and that, that was one where, <laughs> I mean, their confidence probably – was at the highest point it has been this season. You go and um, defeat um, UNC at home. So to, you know, hold on, win that game and, um, you know, take care of business. Cause that's what the, that's what the home stretch of the season's about for the men's program, right? They need to take care of business, win all of the games that they need to win. And then um, have a couple surprises in there as well. Um, so going off of that topic, um, no, I don't know if you, if you have anything, um, more to talk about the games that have already happened, but um, lo- looking towards what we've got coming up, um, the only game um, games in the immediate future will be a um, home game against Pittsburgh tonight at 7 p.m. And then they'll hit the road for Wake Forest on um, on Saturday at for a 4 p.m. matchup, and that's before their bye week. So two game stretch, got to finish strong here. Um, Noah, just a little gut check for you here. How are you feeling compared to last week after we, you saw the team go and um, dispatch um, Georgia tech Has it altered your view on where this program's trajectory is at, at this point of the season? Yeah, I think that they're, they're playing their way into a spot that gives them a chance, right? They're, they're not putting themselves squarely on the bubble yet. They still have work to do to get to that point, but they're giving themselves a chance, which I think is something you want to see, you know, against Georgia tech, Four turnovers. That's it. Season low. They yeah. had three for a while until um, until they had a little baseline out of bounds play where they, they called a timeout. They were told to stay on the spot, and what happens? And I believe it was Casey Morsell just ran the baseline, and that kind of you know was turnover. But Kevin Keith gave him some gave him some grief for it after the game, but it was fine. Um, but I think that is working out well as they're putting themselves a chance to, to get onto the bubble, and they're doing it with this new lineup. You know, a smaller lineup with Michael O'Connell starting at the point, DJ Horn at the shooting guard, Jaden Taylor and, and Casey Morsell in the wings, and then, you know, DJ Burns in the middle. Um, it's working well defensively and offensively. Um, it's guys that, that can play, have the energy, um, keeps them a little more athletic. 
they had to do that against Miami to to match up with Miami's perimeter players a little bit better. Uh, but they kept it for Georgia Tech, who had some size at the four spot, but they were able to, you know, get him that get them in the foul troubles. And then Georgia Tech had to play with four guards too, and it worked out well. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see if NC State sticks with this this lineup down the stretch because Kevin Keats has talked on his radio show and things like that where the Miami game, he was rolling this lineup out in the mud or what happened. Mm-hmm. Then he did it for Georgia Tech, hoping maybe a little bit that Georgia Tech would match their four guards and play four guards, play what NC State wants to do. It'll be interesting to see what teams decide to do if they want to match the four guards that NC State plays or if they put two bigs out there and say match our two bigs. So it's, it's going to yeah. be something – that's interesting. Keith said he's cool with doing it this way. He's also cool with going back to the, the you know, starting some bigger guys out there too, like, you know, starting a Modi R, starting a Ben Middlebrooks maybe, just to match size a little bit better. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, so far. Um, and I'm sure we can talk about Pitt tonight and, and then Wake yeah. Forest. But as you said, they, they need to uh, they need to finish this this these two games strong before getting a week off because once they come back from a week off, they've got another tough game with Clemson. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the different lineup combinations, and I feel like that was a point of contention for a lot of Wolfpack fans early in the season because there wasn't really like a defined rotation for um, parts of the year. Yeah. Um, Coach Keats was trying a lot of different things. And um, while I do think that did lead to a lot of uncertainty around this program, and it was a popular talking point when the team was struggling mightily, I think now – I think they're starting to figure out things that work. Like you mentioned, you mentioned that four guard lineup. I I, I think um, it, it's definitely showing some promise. And if it, now you have a few different lineups you can use where it's almost like you have um, attacks and counter attacks now. Like the, the, the beauty of having so many players that you can put into your rotation is that you should be able to develop um, ways to counter just about anything another team throws at you. And um well, we're going to find out how good those counter punches are from um, Coach Keats and the rest of that staff. And it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. And it starts with Pittsburgh tonight. And um, Pittsburgh, the, the, you know, a great three-point shooting team. Um, Noah, we were talking off mic, and um, you brought up that uh, they, they lead the ACC in three-point field goals per game at, um, I believe it was 9.32. And um, – they're a really, really talented shooting team. Um, Blake Henson you know, drives that team, um, leads the ACC in three-pointers made, and is just fifth in total scoring at 18 points per game. Noah, what, what are your thoughts on the matchup against the Panthers? And um, if you want to throw a prediction in there for us, go for it. Yeah, this is a, you know similar to the Miami game a couple of games ago. You get a team that can shoot the three ball really, really well. Miami, I believe, was second in the ACC at the time, in three-pointers in the league. They're playing the team that leads the league now in Pitt. In 9.32 a game, they've, t- they've made 10 or more threes in 11 games this season, and it's a team that can really score the basketball from the perimeter. I think that will you know cause some challenge a little bit for NC State. But they were able to hold Miami to 25%. They did hit seven threes in that game, but NC State made them work for it. It was their lowest three-point percentage of the season. I think the similar thing happens tonight with Pitt. You know, Blake Hinson, a guy who went seven for seven against Duke in the upset at Cameron from the outside. You know, he, he's a forward that can shoot the ball really, really well. And then they've got a freshman, Carlton Carrington. Freshman is the only freshman in the NCAA to average 13 and a half points, five boards, and four assists a game. He's playing really, really well as a freshman guard. And Kevin Keats talked about it this week. And 
he basically said he doesn't look at Carrington as a freshman anymore. He's a sophomore. He goes, he's played in the ACC for, for half the ACC schedule. He's turned into a sophomore and it's <laughs> his mind. Um, you know, he's playing, he's playing really, really well. And I think that matchup to watch tonight, there's two. It's, it's who guards Blake Hinson. He's a bigger guy that can shoot the perimeter shot. Maybe you, you throw a Casey Morsell and let him go at him defensively. Maybe you go really big and throw out a Modial or a Ben Middlebrooks and try to throw him off that way. Then you look at the, the guard matchup. Uh, you know, Carlton Carrington versus Jaden Taylor. That's going to be, you know, probably the best, you know, matchup on the floor, you know, going down the other way when Pitt has the ball. So those are two things I'm, I'm looking to watch. And you asked me for a bull prediction. I put it in our, our preview story yesterday. Um, it's on the Wolfpacker.com. But I said, I think DJ Horn goes for 20 again tonight, which would be the first time in his college career in his fifth season that uh, he would have three straight 20 point games. He's done it twice this year, back to back, which was the first time he's ever done that. I think he goes first third in a row and, and you know keeps the scoring machine going because NC State, his offense goes as DJ Warren goes. He shoots the ball well, and they shoot the ball well. He doesn't shoot it well. It's kind of tough going. So I think that he he gets the ball dropping again, and and they leave you know this this three game homestand three and up. And. All right, so you're you're going with the win. I'm I'm with you there as well. I think um, I liked what they saw. I saw out of their three point defense against Miami. I think they'll replicate that against um, Pittsburgh and you know, like you said, in the homestand with a win. All right, we don't have to go too deep on um, Wake Forest, Noah, but I kind of want to parlay this into a conversation about the net. You've been following the metrics really closely down the stretch here. You know the path for NC State to um, you know rise up that metric and get into a spot where they could contend for an NCAA tournament spot. So um, obviously, you know, Wake Forest and State beat them last year. Um, I'd say all in all, probably the best performance of their season. I, I'd say um, well, definitely one of the most exciting games they've played. It was, um, you know, obviously Coach Keats got thrown out. Um, there were multiple ejections, and but NC State held on and battled for that win at home. Now they have to do it on the road. Um, them and Wake Forest are tied um, for fourth in the ACC standings right now. So it's a big game as well. And um, regardless of what happens, it's a um, quad one potential result. Noah, can you just explain that to me like I'm five years old? <laughs> yeah, they, they beat him earlier this season in the game that was, you know, electric, you know, losing at the half. Kevin Keats gets tossed. Kareem Richardson takes the bench the rest of the way, and, and they win 83-76 in a game that they really played well in the second half and Wake Forest didn't. It was a little bit of both that, that paid off in NC State's favor. You look at this matchup, Wake Forest is 32 in the net. When you look at how the net works, 1 through 30 in a home game for, for NC State qualifies as a quarter one game. They mm-hmm. beat them at home this season. So if Wake Forest were to get to 30 or 29, whatever, then it's a Q1 win, which NC State has zero of at the moment, 0-5. Well, on the road, you just got to be in the top 75 to be a quarter one game. So the this Saturday is a quarter one game for NC State, quarter two game for Wake Forest. If NC State wins, they pick up a quarter run road win, but they run the risk of hurting their quarter run home win they picked up. They could pick up against Wake Forest, depending on how Wake Forest ends. So I think if you really play the numbers and you want to play the metrics, if you're Kevin Keats, you want to win the game, but you don't want to blow them. <laughs> yes, obviously it's hot take. You want to win the game. But honestly, you don't want to blow them out. You do not want to hurt them too much in the net. You want to give them an opportunity to slide up. The best case scenario for NC State here is they win on the road on Saturday. Not saying they will, not saying they won't. Just saying best case scenario, they win by like two points, three points. 
Wake Forest falls like two spots in the net to like 32, 34. They're at 32 right now. If they fall to 34, gives them plenty of time to get back in the top 30. Then NC State could pick up two quad one wins against the same opponent, which um, would be very, very pivotal because Wake Forest is a team that's been on the bubble from Joe Lenardi. You know, they're a team that's worth trying to get in the tournament. I think they should be in the tournament. Um, there's a lot of this, you know, anti-ACC bias that basically every single coach in the league is talking about right now and mm-hmm. on how they're being projected three or four teams in the league, and it should really be Kevin Keats thinks five or six annually, maybe even, you know, as many as eight if the league is going really well. Um, but they're looking at three or four right now, um, probably get to five on, on selection Sunday. So it's a big thing. NC State's got a chance. You know, they're right now at 78 in the net, a lot of work to do. You kind of want to be in the top you know, 40, about 45 to really have a, a safe bet of getting in um, through your net ranking, which means they got a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, Wake Forest's first big opportunity on this remaining stretch. Um, and then you look after that, Clemson is sitting 31 in the net. Um, that's a quarter one game on the road. You come home, they get two games that they could, they need to win again against Syracuse and Boston College. Can't lose either of those at that point. And you hit the road, Florida State, dangerous team. Their nets are not very good, but they're a really good team. They, you know, the 13 and 9, they've dealt with injuries, they've dealt with different things. The net of 93 or 94. And then they close the season with could be three straight Q1 games with Carolina, Duke, and then at Pitt, depending on where Pitt ends up in the net by the end of the year. Could be a quadrant one game on the road. So look at their path to the NCAA tournament. Win. I think that's, you know, as Mark Davis, the Ra- the owner of the, the Las Vegas Raiders would say, you know, just win, baby. Because I think that's how you get yourself in tournaments. You win games. And, and going down the stretch, they're, they got nine left, realistically, to give themselves a really good chance of getting the tournament. Six and three, seven and two. I, I don't know if five, I don't think five and four does it. I think six yeah. and three, seven and two gives you a chance. I don't think five and four does it. Yeah, and for the listeners and the viewers, like, we're not here telling you that NC State's going to make the tournament, like, just off of, you know, these quad one games because it's not an easy path. Um, But the path still exists. I think um, at around, like, a few weeks ago, people had just written it off. Uh, when that three-game losing streak hit, people were like, all right, lucky to make the NIT. Like, that's not true. That's not the case. Like, there's the path exists, and there's still reason to be hopeful because um, I still believe that NC State is capable of beating just about any team in the ACC. And they just have to, you know, the stars have to align a little bit, but it is possible. Um, Noah, thank you. That that was a great um, illustration of how absurd the net ranking is at times. And, um, yeah. I, I, what yeah the last thing to add is, like, you know, for people that care about the net, I don't really think you should look at NC State's net ranking right now. Because when you look at the net, it will be different by the end of the year. You look at who the opponent's net ranking is and who the opponents they've already played net ranking is. Virginia, almost a quarter one home win. That one, I think, NC State fans, you're going to root for somebody down the stretch. Root for the Cavaliers. Because, you know, I think that if you want NC State to pick up another quarter one win, that's one to get. So that's the last thing I add is, you know, look at the opponent's net ranking, not necessarily your net ranking. Till Selection Sunday rolls around, then look at your own net ranking, see where you're at. But between now and then, it's all about where the opponents line up because the more of them that keep shooting up the net rankings, that only means your net ranking is going to carry up to. I feel like by the end of the year, Noah, you're going to have um, one of those cork boards with red yarn stringing from team to team and behind you on these podcasts. But um, yeah, awesome. Thanks for that breakdown. 
Um, we're going to break down um, everything around the women's team in just a second here. But before we do that, I wanted to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace um, for tickets to whether you're looking for a basketball game, a Hurricanes game, a Durham Bulls game is coming up here. And uh, everything around the comedy shows, concerts, just any event that you need a ticket, you can find it on Game Time. Um, Game Time, the app is available on any app store, or you can find it on your web browser at gametime.co. It's not .com, that's .co. And um, so I personally like the app on my phone. And um, my favorite thing about it is when you go and you log on, you can see exactly the view from your seat of the ticket you would be buying. Um, right now I'm looking at um, tickets for the March 4th Duke and NC State game at PNC. And look, I'll hold it up for those watching on YouTube. You can see the exact view from your seat. It's pretty cool. Um, right now, the cheapest ticket is $72, but we have a deal right now running where you can um, get $20 off of that purchase by using code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK when you check out. So go go use the GameTime app or check it out on your web browser at gametime.co. Um a great app, great platform, easy to use, and um, you can save yourself some money in the process. All right, Noah, let's talk about some Wolfpack women's basketball. The number three team in the nation, one of the hottest teams in the country on a five-game ACC winning streak. And we talked last week about how huge of a stretch this is. And Wes Moore said something similar um, earlier this week where he was like, this team had an opportunity to make a statement. Um, during this stretch of the schedule, right? You're playing three straight ranked teams, three teams that were above you in the ACC standings. And man, the, the, the Wolfpack isn't winning pretty, Noah, but they are winning and they are making that statement. Um, so far, they've um, picked up a four-point win over UNC, followed by a 10-point win over Louisville. So two big-time victories um, over ranked teams, um, and teams that are going to be competing for an ACC tournament championship in a few weeks in addition to um, their current runs at the regular season title. So let's do a bit, little bit of recap. Against the Tar Heels, um, the pack goes in there, and um, it, it was a excellent defensive effort for three quarters, right? Um, they hold um, North Carolina to 12 points in the first, 12 points in the second, 11 in the fourth, and then there was a 24-point um, third quarter that made this game pretty dang interesting. Um, shout out to um, UNC guard um, Deja Kelly for just going off in that third quarter. She's one of the best scorers in the country. But, um, you know, the pack weathered that storm. It was, and it was kind of just a status quo game for them, you know. Four players in double figures, Mimi Collins and Sonia Rivers, you know, two of the most experienced players on the team, and they deliver and um, come through to lead the team with 14 points apiece. Sanaya played every minute of that game. Mimi played all but three. So great game. You had um, Isaiah James's minutes were limited a little bit by foul trouble as well, so it wasn't the typical offensive explosion that you get from her. But um, Noah, this is your um, first chance to see um, UNC NC State's women's basketball rivalry. Um, what did you think? Yeah, watch it on TV. It was really, uh, you know, good. seemed like a good environment, good atmosphere, you know, um, for, for what some people call the, the small gym. I thought it was pretty good to watch on TV and, and things like that. But, yeah, NC State was able to take care of business. You know, got probably a little tighter than, than Coach Westmore probably wanted it to be. But, yeah, you know what, I think winning – I think you texted me this, you know, earlier this week. I think winning ugly is a lot better than losing pretty, right? I think you're either 
win the ugly and, and keep the winning streak going rather than, you know, playing a perfect game and it's not coming out of your way. Um, so, you know, NC State able to handle Carolina. And, you know, other than that third quarter, I think they played really, really well defensive end. And, you know, yeah. Deja Kelly, you know, good players do good things. And as you said, I think she had, what, 14, 15 points in the third quarter alone kind of helped get Carolina back into the game. But NC State was able to hold them off and, and play pretty consistently in the offensive end. You look at the, the box score. 15 points in the first quarter, 16 in the second quarter, 18 in the third, 14 in the fourth. Pretty consistent uh, scoring effort for the Pack. Yeah, and any like long prolonged scoring drought, they were um, making up for it at the defensive end. So it wasn't like um, the Virginia Tech game earlier in January where they go cold for six minutes and then Virginia Tech climbs back into the game. No, they, they were forcing shots on the other end. They knew, I think, that that was how they had to win that game. And um, they got it done. It was a good performance. Um, you beat a ranked team um, shooting three of 16 from three. Um, that, that's um, You're happy. You pack up your bags and then you get ready for shoot around the next day and hope some more fall. But, um, yeah, also we would be um, wrong to not mention um, – after the game, there were um, allegations that a black UNC player was called a racial slur um, during pregame warmups. Um, NC State is investigating that. Um, we were told after um, the Louisville game that there was no update to that investigation. Um, Westmore was not able to comment on um, the investigation. But um, so that's just a quick update on that situation. Um, so NC State went from that game and then um, kind of a, a polar opposite game against um, Louisville. Um, they go and win by 10 against the Cardinals in a game that um, – another <laughs> game that got pretty um, um, scary at points down the stretch where yeah. that Louisville leapt out to this, like, electric start. Like, they, they didn't miss a shot until, like, the 534 mark in the first quarter, right? And um, But then <laughs> thanks to uh, Isaiah James doing Isaiah James things, um, they, they climbed – back into it very quickly and ended up scoring 28 points in the first period. Um, Isaiah's doing this thing, though. I don't know if you've noticed it, too, where um, she, she, she's not letting teams ease into the game. If she, she, they, they tip the opening tip to her, and then she takes off to the basket. And um, this game, she drew a foul at the bucket and hit one of two. But um, it seems like whenever she's able to do that and sees a shot fall early, then it's, um, you know, it's blood in the water for her and she takes off and, you know, another just outstanding game by her Um, 28 point performance, only player to score more than 12 for the pack. Um, NC State doesn't have many games like that where you're having to rely on one score, but um, when you have a Zaya James, it's nice to know that um, you, you have a player who's capable of carrying a team for a night um, like she was in this game. But um, yeah, like I alluded to um, things started really well. For the pack, um, I believe they started three of eight or five of eight from three, um, and then held the Cardinals to eight points in the second quarter to take a massive lead into the second half. And then things got a little more dicey um, down the stretch. Louisville outscored the pack by seven in the third, and then um, you know the pack buckled down in the fourth, hit some timely shots and some clutch free throws, and won the game. But Noah, what did you think of, of this matchup? Yeah, you know, you talk about Isaiah James, you know, when they win the tip, she goes. I think every game that I've watched when they win the tip, she's got one thing in her mind to just give her the ball and let her go to the hoop. And I think, you know, teams are starting to key in on that a little bit. Louisville, as you said, you know, fouled her at the back. Just get, you know, I think teams, you might start doing that a little bit, you know, knowing that she's going to take it and go full speed to the hoop. They can try to maybe draw a charge even. 
she, she might have to be a little bit careful, you know, down the stretch here, but overall, you know, she was really great. You know, 20 points in the first half, you know, I was like, dang, she's on pace for 40. Mm-hmm. It would have been wild. You know, she cooled off in the second half, like NC state did really in that third quarter, allowed Louisville to get back into it a little bit, but I mean, two players, 40 minutes. She, you know, as I played 40 minutes and Madison Hayes played 40 minutes, you know, two, two leading scores was more stuck with the hot hand. You know, with the starters and then, you know, work the bench. And Zoe Brooks, she gave him really good minutes off the bench. Yeah. 24 great, minutes, great. eight points, four assists, a steal, a block. She did a little of everything. You know, the smallest player on the court. She she does everything. And I don't think she's intimidated at the big moment. Um, and, you know, the atmosphere, I think, helped them with the play for K-Night and, and the pink uniforms for both teams, which is cool to yeah. see Louisville bring theirs out, too, and, and have some, you know, some class and, and respect and, and all that. So I think, you know, overall, really well. It looked like the environment was, you know, really, really cool on, on TV and, you know, the pink shirts in the crowd and, and all that. So overall, NC State was able to protect home court, able to win on play for K-Night, which I know is a big deal, you know, for the program. So and donated over half a million dollars. Yeah, research. So I think overall it was you know probably the best that game could have gone. You know you get a ten point win over a fifteenth ranked team in the country, donate half a million dollars to cancer research, and uh, you know come out on top. Yeah, it's a game that means so much more than basketball, and um, you could tell in the post game press conference that they were they were pretty psyched to to win this one, especially losing the play for K game last year, which um, is kind of a good transition into the next game because NC State is on a fourteen game win- home winning streak right now, Noah. Their last loss at Reynolds Coliseum to Virginia Tech in last year's Play for K game. Their next game, Thursday night, against the Hokies, number 16 team in the country. Um, and the Pack's looking for revenge. This is an opportunity for them to avenge a one-point loss in the final seconds to um, Virginia Tech in Blacksburg earlier this year. Um, thrilling game that in, ended in a um, what Westmore called candidly a heartbreaking defeat it's one that he he didn't really shy away from it he brought it up multiple times in the games following that he just he wasn't over that game he said he woke up at um at 5 a.m every morning um in the days following that contest thinking about about that loss and it was some refreshing honesty from um you know in these days where coaches preach like the next game mentality um uh I, I appreciated um, Westmore being so candid and like sh- sharing how he was really feeling about that game. And you can tell just from the vibe around um, we, the players we talked to after the game, we talked to Isaiah and Madison Hayes. Um, oh, they, they want to win this game. This is a regular season game Thursday, but it means a little extra. It, it mean it last year was the first time Virginia tech ever won at Reynolds Coliseum. And now you get a chance to, um, you know, kind of get what is turning into a rivalry a rivalry matchup. You have a chance to get a huge win in that game against Virginia Tech, who is now the top team in the ACC standings. Um, Noah, we're both going to be there tomorrow night. Really looking forward to that. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on this game? I think it's going to have that. You know, I texted you this earlier this week. I think it's going to have an ACC championship game feel, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be in a packed house. Always is at Reynolds. They sold out, you know, the rest of the games this season at home. Um, but you think about this, two of the top teams in the league, two of the top teams in the country, really. You know, you, you have, you know, Georgia Amor and Liz Kaley, you know, two of the best players in women's college basketball. You know, going against NC State, who's a pretty well-rounded team as a whole. And, they're, you know, ACC Network's bringing in the, the pregame show to Reynolds Coliseum, which I think will be cool. You know, we've seen them do it for football a couple of times this year, but see them bring it to women's college basketball games, really exciting. And, 
And I think that just helps set the tone for how big this game really is. And you look at the resale ticket market, tickets aren't cheap for this game. Tickets are not cheap. People want to get in the door. So I think it's going to be really good, and especially how the game in Blacksburg went. A buzzer beater to win the game. Maybe moving screen in there. Maybe not. But NC State wants revenge. And uh, if they can get it, protect on court, make it a six-game win streak, I think uh, the pack will be feeling pretty good hitting the road. Yeah, and um, a key part of this also, um, last time they played Virginia Tech, they didn't have River Baldwin. Yeah. Um, starting center who um, is was still recovering from the ankle injury, I think, even though she was um, continuing to play. It looked like she was still um, you know, working her way back into the um, into a rhythm there and then played a good game against Louisville and got into double digits for the first time since her injury. Um, I, I, I think over the past couple of games, really, she's been really good defensively. Um, so, you know, I think we'll continue to see her, you know, work her way back into um, the elite form she was playing with early in the season before um, she hurt her ankle. And just having her, having a six foot five player to guard Liz Kitley, um, you know, one of the hardest players to guard in the country. Um, but you have um, River Baldwin there, that'll help. It'll help a lot. And um, then, of course, you still have um, Mimi Collins to go against her in smaller lineups. And I thought Mimi did a pretty good job against her uh, in the first matchup. So it'll be a good one. Um, Amor, um, you mentioned her, Virginia Tech's point guard, went off last year at at Virginia Tech, uh, at NC State. So it'll be um, interesting to see what kind of defensive looks um, they deploy to slow her down a little bit. And um, it'll be a good game. Like you said, raucous atmosphere. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to predict the win. And uh, I think we said it last week. Until NC State um, loses at, at Reynolds Coliseum, I'm picking NC State at Reynolds Coliseum. Um, Noah, what do you say? Well, go on record. Who's winning um, this pivotal ACC matchup? Also at a hot take to where we're at, okay? NC State will win. They'll, they'll avenge the one-point loss to, to Virginia Tech. And? They will hold the combination of Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor to a combined 26 points. Okay. Wow. Make somebody else beat them. I think it's going to be Westmore's approach. Obviously, they almost beat them without River Baldwin. Now you get your center back against probably, what, the best center in college basketball, you know, Liz Kitley. You know, she's up there. I, I, I think that, that you know – I watched a little bit of Virginia Tech against Carolina over the weekend. I went to overtime. Uh, but it did a good job on Liz Kitley in the post. She didn't really get to do too much for most of the game. So I think, you know, maybe Westmore will, will take a page out of Courtney Banghart's uh, playbook on how they were able to, to limit Liz Kitley and not really let her get going. Yeah, Carolina has some good post players. I was really <laughs> impressed with them. They, 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 they did a great job of um, defending on the interior against NC State. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. If they can replicate that game plan and um, let, limit Kitley and force someone else to beat them, then I think that's the best strategy you can go with <laughs> because if, if she gets going, it'll be – she's tough to stop. So, all right, um, that's our preview for this week. Um, I, I really appreciate um, everyone tuning in and watching and listening to this week's episode. Um, you know, go check out the wolfpacker.com. There's a ton of great content on there. We're starting to get geared up for spring practice. It is only um, less than three weeks away, 20 days away now. Um, um, late February start for, for the pack spring practice. Um, we'll be there first day. Hopefully it'll be open to the media. We hope. And um 
we'll get to see a little bit of um, action. We'll have that fully covered on the wolfpacker.com. We'll have everything covered throughout the last month of this um, you know, regular season for men's and women's basketball. Baseball season's getting um, into gear here soon. And, um, of course, the wrestling team's making another run at the ACC title. We have coverage for all of that. So go check it out on the wolfpacker.com. Only $1 to join for premium access. And, um, yeah, we appreciate you joining, and we appreciate you watching today. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next week, same day, similar time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.